Welcome to the HR on the Offensive podcast, brought to you by Lace Partners. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, and welcome to this, the latest HR on the Offensive podcast. My name is Chris Howard. I'm the Marketing Director at Lace Partners, and I'm very glad that you're here to join me again today. Thank you very, very much, dear, dear listener. We've got a slightly different podcast uh, today. I wanted to reach out to somebody from over the pond uh, who's based in uh, in Montreal to talk specifically around public speaking. So a lot of the content that we've put together for this podcast in the recent months that we've been doing it and during the lockdown period has been focused on a variety of different topics from HR practitioner specialists, talking about things like remote working, furlough. We've talked about line manager capability. We've talked about diversity and inclusion. There's been a whole gambit of different things that we've looked at. But today's podcast, I've got Brendan, who is a specialist and founder um, from Master Talk. Uh, he runs his own YouTube channel. And Brenda's going to talk specifically, Brendan's going to talk specifically about public speaking, because I think this is quite an important and interesting topic, particularly for senior HR professionals. And we had Katie Jacobs on a couple of weeks ago on the podcast, and she was talking about how there's a lot of CPOs out there, HR directors out there who are having to look a little bit more beyond their own function of HR. They're looking at the commercial side of the business and how businesses are run. And they're having to uh, cast their net a little bit wider than just their own uh, their own function in HR or HR shared services. And in our white paper that we produced, which is HR, uh, the future of HR shared services, becoming people and solutions experts, we do talk about those soft skills, those, those different skills that are needed to be adapted by um, HR professionals as we look at the function evolving and the opportunity that HR has, particularly in the wake of the global pandemic, which hopefully within the next six months, vaccines uh, uh, vaccines permitting will allow us to uh, to get back to some sort of normality. But I think that's enough of a framing and an intro from me because I'm not the person that you really want. You're really here to talk to, talk or listen to. Well, let's introduce Brendan. Brendan, how are you doing? You all right? Very good, Chris. How about yourself? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's a little bit cold in England, but what's it like in Montreal? It's not so bad. You know, the snow hasn't fallen too hard yet, so we're pretty happy over here. Good to hear. Good to hear. And we're going to talk today about the role of public speaking for HR leaders. And obviously, I'm going to just ask you a few questions on that. But before we go into that, can you just tell us a little bit about Master Talk and your YouTube channel? Yeah, of course. So, so like you mentioned very well, Chris, I'm the founder of Master Talk, which is a YouTube channel I started to help the world master the art of communication, public speaking. And how I got started was when I was in university, I used to do these things called case competitions. So think of it like professional sports, but for nerds. So while other guys my age were playing rugby, cricket, or you know, or footy, what I would do with my time is I would present competitively. So over three years, I presented hundreds of times, coached dozens of people on their communication skills. And after I got a job in the corporate world post-graduation, I just asked myself a simple question, which is how do I contribute more to society? That's when the idea for Master Talk came to be, because I realized a lot of the communication and public speaking information available for free was really bad. 
you hear advice like, oh, Chris, you should be yourself or get up on stage. Mm. And it's that type of generality that really drove me to start creating this YouTube channel, the content within it. And I think the reason why it's so applicable into our industry, into the industry of HR that you're focused on at, at, your, at your organization, is this idea that the HR role is slowly transitioning from a tactical one, as we discussed prior to the show, to a strategic one. As people are hiring more people officers, Vayner Media recently hired a chief heart officer. A lot of CEOs are realizing that their number one priority is people. If you don't have the best talent in your organization and you don't have someone strategically thinking about that talent, it's going to be much harder for you to push forward. But that's also true from a public speaking perspective. Because as that person who takes that strategic role, they need to be able to communicate in a way that inspires everyone else to clearly understand the value proposition of working for them versus all of the other competitors that they have in the space. Yeah. Can I just ask a quick question on that? So you've obviously come across HR professionals in your uh, time and your career so far. Do you think that the people that you have come across in those senior leadership positions, um, do they do it well in comparison to other sort of uh, functions, if you like, marketing, IT, uh, ops, whatever it is, or is there more work to do, do you think? Generally speaking, I mean. Of course, I would say relative to the other industries within with or departments rather within a company, HR does better, but not really from a communication perspective, public speaking, but rather an empathetic one. So let's say there's a senior leader in HR, they probably understand the people on their team, what they care about, what they don't, but they're still having trouble communicating in a way that inspires a huge team to follow them do it through one-on-one interaction but the the challenge now becomes as the organization scales and becomes much bigger and bigger that senior leader won't have time to speak to people one-on-one so now they're forced into a situation where they need to speak to crowds through video like the ceo of any big company and now the challenge becomes that's where the struggle that's where the pain point is from a communication perspective where they're forced to speak to hundreds of people at the same time and they don't have the skills to do that just yet mm. yeah i mean that is that's uh, and also a a requirement and it's an increasing um it's an increasing challenge as a result of the virtual world that we've basically been forced into, isn't it? You know, you can almost manage certain rooms um, in in the real world, so to speak. But this virtual world of 2D that I'm now looking at you at throughout this uh, this call that we've got, it's it's very very different indeed. So let's talk a little bit about some attributes because I want to delve into a little bit of advice from you because that's the reason I wanted to run this podcast today. I wanted to kind of grab a few nuggets from you on what you think are core sort of attributes to make a good public speaker. So hit me with uh, hit me with some bits of advice. Of course, I'll give you the easiest one in the book that works on every executive I've coached in my life. And it's called the puzzle method. Public speaking, Chris, is a lot like a jigsaw puzzle. You know those pieces you put together with your family? I guess now because of COVID, everyone's doing puzzles. So, <laughs> So if I asked you, Chris, if you were working on this jigsaw puzzle with your family, your brother, your sister, which pieces would you start with first and why? Okay, well, for me, I'd obviously start at the outside bits. Right. And what would your rationale be? 
Uh, well, it's easier to spot the outside bits, the corners, for example, because of the, uh, the simple sort of squares there on the end. Couldn't agree more. So now the question to ask ourselves, Chris, is why don't we do that in public speaking? We have a presentation at work, in business, even at school sometimes where people are doing their executive MBA or something. So what happens? We start with the middle. We shove a bunch of content into the presentation. We get to the presentation. We get to the last slide. It sounds something like this. Uh, yeah, so thanks. That's probably 95% of all the presentations I've listened to in my life. But it's very easy to fix. Apply puzzle. Start treating your public speaking presentations like a jigsaw puzzle. Start with the edges first. Practice your introduction 50 times, not three times, not five times. Do it 50 times. It'll actually only take you an hour. It's not that hard. Same thing with your conclusion. What's a great movie with a terrible ending? A terrible movie. Same thing. 50 times in two hours of practice, you'll look at yourself and go, wow, this industry event I was supposed to speak at, this boardroom meeting I was supposed to speak at, I'm a lot more confident now as a speaker because I can see myself give an amazing introduction and conclusion. And then with that newfound confidence, then you tackle the middle. But much like puzzles, who does thousand piece puzzles on the road? Nobody that I know. That's why I recommend working with a team. Find an accountability group within your organization. A couple of other executives, a couple of other senior leaders, or just other employees within the company that want to work on their communication skills too. Work together as a team and master communication. Even today as a professional speaker, Chris, I still get help from my friends. I still ask them for feedback on my keynotes. Yeah. So – just uh, if I play a bit of a devil's advocate there of the Please. hypothetical HR director who is sat at his or her desk, um, maybe listening into this podcast thinking, yeah, but I don't really have the time to spend hours and hours and hours rehearsing and rehearsing and then, you know, getting other of my colleagues because they're all busy as well. So how does how's that going to apply to me? You got any advice from that perspective? Right. Absolutely. So here's the first thing I'd say, because I coach a lot of people at that level, too. If you're not willing to commit two hours of your life, not your week, your life, to focus on one presentation, it's going to be very hard for you to master this important skill. And the way the way that I see it is I think two hours is a good investment of your time, especially if you're an HR director and your dream is to be a CHRO, right? You know, chief human resource officer. Like for me, the way that I see it is the difference between the director role and the top of the C-suite is people management. If you're an HR manager or even below, you're focused on specific deliverables, you might be working on grievances, you might be working on line managers or different parts of the organization. But when you're a CHRO, you're spending most of your time managing other people. And at that level, the people that you're working with are extremely talented. They could go anywhere. They could work for anybody. So the only difference between the C-suite level and the director is that all of the directors want to work under the C-suite executive. That's it. Which means you need to have the communication skills necessary to move up into that C-suite so that every director sees you as someone that they want to work for. And that's why I believe two hours is a great investment of your time. But of course, at that level, if you're someone who doesn't have time to 
together, especially since you have the budget too. I would hire a professional speech coach. They can fix your communication skills like I can in probably a week or two. Okay. So I've just written down a question actually because it just popped into my head. Is there a difference in the types of presenting that you're doing? So for me, you know, if I'm asked to go in front of, you know, national media or whatever it is, it's going to be very different than uh, presenting to two or three uh, colleagues virtually. So are there any different approaches that you would suggest to take with, depending on the type of audience that you've got and the medium, I guess, um, that you're working on as well? Right. Here's the way that I see it, Chris. A great question also. The way that I see it is communication in many ways is a multiplier effect. As you get better in one area, you slowly start to master all the areas. So if you take me as an example, I started with presentation skills. I became really, really strong at presentations. But what happens is when you get better at one vertical, it automatically makes you better as a conversationalist, as someone who appears on media, as someone who guests on a podcast like we're doing right now. And then as you get better in the next medium, you get better over and over again. And that's what some of the best communicators in the world do is they have a breadth of knowledge from different verticals of communication that allows them to master all of them. So my recommendation is always simple in these types of situations. I would spend a lot of time focusing on one vertical. Maybe it's presentation skills. That's probably an easy one to start. And then after I would transition to conversations. So for example, for me, I always ask myself, who is the person that I'm the most afraid to talk to? So when I was younger at university, it was CHROs. It was senior executives. It was partners at big four accounting firms. So I reached out to them, and I got coffee with them. And it was very frightening because I was still very young. But it gave me that confidence to get better in conversations. Not at this point in my life. I'm, I'm pretty confident with that level. But then after, you get better on media and all that stuff. So I would start with that approach is probably a good one. Okay, cool. And are there any types of, can you normally spot somebody who you know is going to be quite good at this uh, as public speaking? Is there normally sort of a few attributes that they would have? Uh, if there is, could you tell me them? Um, and if there isn't, or does it, is it something that, you know, anybody can be taught and they don't necessarily have the attributes? You can't normally spot somebody straight away. I really believe anyone can master communication, Chris, but... There is one single attribute that I've seen that, that really makes the difference between someone who's world-class, so someone who I know is going to be a CHRO one day in the context of your industry, and someone who you know, will struggle to get to that position and role. And the quality is audience obsessiveness. How much do you know your audience? How much have you studied them? So what the great speakers do mm. is that they think about their audience. You know, they go, I wonder who Chris is. I wonder what he's doing at this podcast. But what the best speakers in the world do is they obsess over them. They understand their psychology. They understand who they want to be, what they aspire to become, and how to get them from A to B. If you could start to obsess over your audience, that is probably the fastest way to being an exceptional communicator. And I'll give you an example. The way that I speak on communication varies tremendously based on the audiences I speak to. I've given communication workshops to C-suite level executives in this industry all the way down to 10-year-old Rebecca. So mm -hmm. even if the content is the same, the way that I communicate that content is drastically different. So let's say I'm talking to Tim who's an executive in HR. I might be very professional. I would say, good afternoon, Tim. 
you know, it's so great to be here today. I'd love to take a look at your presentation, see what I can do. So notice that's very professional. I probably have a suit on or yeah. something. But when I'm talking to Rebecca, it's a lot more lively. It's a lot more informal. I might joke a lot more. And it's that language will change. So when I notice that people's language changes based on the audiences they speak to, I, I immediately can tell that they're going to be phenomenal speakers. Yeah. Is there any people that you kind of look up to or anybody that you kind of think, wow, they're just amazing that if so, if I'm listening into this podcast now, I almost want to do a bit of Googling to find out, okay, who is great at public speaking? Don't say yourself, uh, because we're all going to already going to put the links towards the, uh, towards your uh, YouTube channel in the actual show notes. So apart from, uh, apart from directing towards yourself, are there anybody, people that, that, that you would recommend go and have a look at this person, look at their style, look at their approach and look at how they interact with their audience, for example. Yeah, don't worry. I wasn't going to pick me either. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm really standing on the shoulders of giants in the sense that there's so many amazing speakers out there that I emulate my style against. So I'm happy to share one of them with you. For, for me, the, the biggest influence in my speaking career has been Scott Harrison, who's the CEO of Charity Water, which is a nonprofit mm -hmm. he started to help the world gain access to clean drinking water. But what's fascinating about Scott, especially for most of us in the for-profit space, is Scott has been able to build a very powerful brand and messaging with this charity with a very small budget. right? And I like the way that he thinks as a CEO, and that's why he keynotes so many times a year. I believe he speaks 150 times a year. He's, he's pretty wow. insane, the level of the level of tenacity he has. But I think it's also a great playbook for all of us to see how he's directly applying a lot of the lessons that we're teaching in today's episode practically to his organization, whether it's the people he manages across 19 different countries for, for the programs he runs to get people water, or whether it's the stakeholders he manages to get more donors just the way that he manages that whole system and the way that he communicates that system to the world is very fascinating. So I recommend people follow him and his book, Thirst by Scott Harrison, that's been recommended by a lot of really well-known people. Okay, cool. And we, uh, we we might put some stuff in the uh, show notes about uh, about Scott as well. So we're coming towards the end of the podcast, actually. That's absolutely flown by. But I'm, I want to extrapolate as many little bits of advice that you can think of to give to our budding audience. Um, so if there's any bits that just for the next three or four minutes you can, you can give anybody any bits of advice, that would be absolutely brilliant. Yeah, of course. I would say the biggest one is the biggest problem I see with executives and, and coaching executives is they're too focused in their industry. They go, Brendan, I only want to do HR presentations. Brendan, I only want to work on this thing. The only way to be an exceptional communicator, I found, Chris, is to speak about things you have no expertise in. So I'll give you an exercise I always do with my clients that you can easily do at home or with your friends and family called the random word exercise. So every single day you wake up, you pick five random words, eggs, tree, bacon, basement, and you have to create random presentations out of thinner. Why is this important? The reason it's important is for mindset than anything else. If you can go out outside and talk about trees for a minute – it's going to be very easy to go back to your expertise in HR and give presentations on that topic. And I've seen that work with every single person I've worked with. So if you can start practicing this bit by bit, maybe you can get a small accountability group together. It doesn't even have to be other executives. It could be your kid. 
a lot of a lot of people that I know practice with their kids mm-hmm. so to get them to practice public speaking. Hey, you give me a word, I give you a word. The benefits to that is tremendous. What I always say is simple. It is what passions you about life. It is the presentations that you give outside of work that makes you better at work. Just because you have mm-hmm. a job as an HR director doesn't mean that you only have to give presentations in that industry. Let's say you're coaching a footy team for your kids. Let's say you're doing a leadership program for small children. You're t- teaching marketing or different subjects like you might do. That is a presentation that you can do over and over again because the kids will always change. You're always going to be excited to make the content better. And then the skills that you learn from that, from that experience, you can bring them back to work. That's fantastic. Um, Brendan, it's been absolutely fascinating um, listening to you today and hearing some of your uh, your snippets. Um, thank you very, very much for coming on. Um, it's been uh, it's been wonderful. Do you want to tell us a little bit, just tell the listeners a little bit about where they can find you? Um, we'll also put the link to the YouTube, but just, uh, just uh, say it out loud for them as well, please. Yeah, of course, Chris. Yeah, so for those who want to get in touch, the YouTube channel is definitely the best way. You can just type master talk in one word and you'll find me. Cool. And are you on uh, Twitter or anything like that? Or just focused on YouTube? Focused on YouTube. That's probably the best place. Okay. Brilliant. Well, Brendan, once again, thank you very, very much for joining me. It's been an absolute pleasure to hear you uh, talk and give your your thoughts and input into uh, public speaking for our HR profession and the HR function. Of course. Such a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Chris. And you can listen to the podcast on iTunes. We are on Spotify and SoundCloud as well. Um, You can also find all of our back catalogue of podcasts on www.lazepartners.co.uk forward slash podcast. Once again, um, we are wrapping up today. But Brendan, thanks for joining me. Of course, my pleasure. And we will see you next time on the HR on the Offensive podcast. Bye bye.